0: Welcome to Stories of Rune Terra. My name is Guy Black, or Ravenhood on the interwebs, and I'm just a humble storyteller here to draw you into the vast world of Rune Terra by Riot Games. The Riot Games community has crafted an incredible universe filled with shapeshifters that sneak around a lot. Mm. Each week we jump into the Riot Games universe and narrate something from the world of Rune Terra off of the Riot Games Universe site. Think of this whole thing as kind of an audiobook of League of Legends, stories, and lore by yours truly. This week's story is Nico, the curious chameleon. And uh, now for my terrible attempt at an impression. The Ubi are gone. Nico must find her own tribe now. Hailing from a long-lost tribe of Vistaya, Nico can blend into any crowd by borrowing the appearance of others, even absorbing something of their emotional state to tell a friend from foe in an instant. No one is ever sure where, or who, Nico might be, but those who intend to do her harm will soon witness her true colors revealed, and feel the true power of her primordial spirit magic unleashed upon them much like me and ARAM. Usually I'm the one on the receiving end of it. And real quick, one little just, you know, my thing. Uh, I've got a second podcast that I co-host with my buddy Elliot Moose, Captain Minge, called The Gamer Alchemy Podcast. It's available on all your favorite platforms, and we take mashups of different games. We've done D&D 5th Edition in uh, Noxus and Targon. And now our next episode is going to be doing some fun imagineering with some Smash Bros characters and different fictional people we enjoy. So check it out. Uh, It's on Audible, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and I think a few others. Anyway, thanks for checking it out. And now for the biography of Nico, the Curious Chameleon. Niko was born on a remote and largely unknown island, far to the east, where the last members of an ancient Vastayan tribe remained isolated from the rest of the world. They were called the Uvikat. They could trace their lineage generation by generation back to the legendary vasta yashay the ancestors of all Vastaya. The Uvikat were... Peaceful beings of unrivaled potential, their harmonious society blended seamlessly with the spirit realm, so that their shotma, their spiritual essence, could intermingle with other beings through mere proximity, and even help them mimic other physical forms. No secrets existed between the uvikat, but few were as curious, resilient, and energetic as young Nico. She developed a fondness for games, hiding trinkets and thoughts to see if others could find them. Her inquisitive nature knew no bounds, and she was pure and innocent in her charmed existence. But it was not to last. Cataclysm loomed on the horizon. Thanks to the quick thinking and self-sacrifice of the Uvikat elders, Nico escaped the death of her homeland. She clumsily took the form of a bird and fled the smoldering destruction, fleeing the screams of her people and feeling them fade into the ethereal gulf between realms. Days later, desperate and exhausted, Niko plummeted into the sea. She clung to Driftwood entirely at the mercy of the currents, until an odd silhouette rose into view. She could hear voices carrying over the waves, and so she swam towards the strange structure. With the last of her strength, she crept aboard what turned out to be a mercantile vessel destined for Harlport. Nika rested where she could, calling out into the spirit realm for her lost tribe. She felt only scattered sad echoes in response, and images of towering dead trees that lay somewhere over a fragile horizon. When Nico emerged from the ship into the city, it was a strange and unfamiliar new world. All of her senses tingled, many a creature, even other Uvikat, might be afraid in that situation. But not Nico. The society bustled with unique personalities, strangers with a vast array of motives and shapes. This was a place of countless stories and experiences, and it entranced her completely. Before she could get far, she was spotted by a Vestayan sailor named Crete. Niko could not understand all his words, but he demanded to know which tribe she belonged to. Niko reached out with her ma, mimicking his face and expression to make her peaceful intentions understood. But Crete did not seem to like this at all. Overwhelmed by his darkening thoughts, Niko fled into the crowd, altering her shape many times until she escaped. Surrounded by lush tropical dr- greenery in the hinterlands beyond Harelport, Niko grappled with her recent experiences. She simply could not understand how anyone might rely solely on words as their singular form of communication. It seemed so... limiting? Seeking solace, she took the shape of a sleek jungle cat she encountered among the trees and tried to run with them. Niko loved being fast and agile. Their bright, keen eyes reminded her of home. Until, quite unexpectedly... The leader transformed into a beautiful, strong, dark-haired woman. After a tense standoff, she introduced herself as Nidalee, and reluctantly accepted Nico into the group. Nico hesitated to entrust the truths of the Uvikat to others, but she felt a deep kinship with Nidalee, because she had suspected this bestial huntress might share some forgotten connection with the Vestayan race. Their friendship blossomed, and for many months they roamed the wilds together. But the towns and cities, with all their flaws, still called to Nico. Her ancestors came to her in dreams, showing her the pale branches of those dead trees over and over. The trees needed color to bloom again. Of that much Nico was certain. She asked her friend to join her on this new journey, but Nidalee could not be persuaded. Crestfallen but determined, Nico set out alone. Her old life among the Uvikot might be lost forever, but Niko's envisioned a magical future, a larger tribe of like-hearted Vistaya, yordles, and humans, and whatever other creatures might share her dream. As far as she's concerned, everyone has the potential to find a place in her new tribe. She is pledged to seek souls out, to befriend them and defend their Shoma with her life. To know Niko is to love Niko, And to love Nico is to be Nico. All right, folks, and now we're going to get over to Nico's story. I just want to warn you, I am a father of two wonderful little girls, and they are in the room with me right now. So I'm going to do my best to get this recorded, but... You might hear some quiet commentary in the background. Hey, Gwendolyn, can you say hi really loud? Hi. That's her. And then my other one's eight months old, so she doesn't quite have words, but her name is Magnolia. All right, our story, and you're going to listen very quietly, right, Gwen? Good job. All right, is called The Monster of Calduga Outpost by Matt Dunn. Niko was familiar with the shapes of humans, and while they had their quirks, socks for instance, why? She never struck her as particularly strange, not until the outpost at Kalduga. The ugly compound was carved into the cliffs near the outskirts of the jungle by a tribe of humans called Noxians. They had inhabited the outpost for a while, it seemed, based on how irritable yet comfortable they seemed performing their daily duties. Niko wondered, were they friendly? Did they enjoy cheesebreads? There were other questions, too, but these were at the top of her mind when she decided to see for herself. Under the cover of night, she slinked in and out of shadows until she reached the gate. A single guard stood watch. This was not a problem at all. Niko loved disguises. Adopting another entity's shape meant sharing their Sholma, a complex web of emotions and recent memories. She reached out with her own Sholma feeling for the outer boundary of the guard's aura, which extended far beyond her body. When her spirit met the guards, a name floated to the surface of Nico's mind, Iwaii, from across the desert. A flavor color came next, burnt orange bitterness over her lost home still graced Iwaii's mind, and blue salt resentment about her station, the backwater nowhere outpost with no strategic value but but try telling the commander that this Iwaii had dark skin and beautiful oval eyes. She was strong, but few took her seriously since she was a mud heel, a simple soldier. Fascinated, Niko shed her natural chameleon-like appearance for Iwaii's shape. Niko's skin swirled as her body morphed. It tickled her, but dizzied Iwaii. She used the guard's disorientation to slip beyond the gates and into the quiet corridors of the outpost, firmly incognito. Hawaii, a shrill voice cried. Get back to your post. The rotund man, his belly poking out from under his breastplate, seemed startled. In the crook of his elbow were several old toasted toffa roots and two loaves of crusty bread. I heard noises, Nico put on her best impression of Hawaii's voice. It's probably bloody fur tails. Better hunt them down. We can enjoy some fur tail pie. Not fur-tails! Nico did not want to eat those curious, funny little creatures. Are you saying there's an intruder? The man's eyes widened. Nico did not know the meaning of this word, so she shrugged and nodded yes. This gesture, she figured, could surely lead to little trouble. folk, he said, could be a scouting party. What are you doing here? Raise the alarm. Uh, where is alarm? Have you lost your brain, Hawaii? I'll do it. See the physician when this is over." With that, the heavy man scurried off, cramming his snacks into his pocket. But before he was gone, Nico mingled her spirits' motes with his, borrowing his shape, shedding Hawaii for this... this... Yubbers? Yubbers, Nico as Yubbers said out loud. That was a fun name to say. Yubbers did not like to be near the front lines of war, so Kalduga was a quiet and welcome assignment. His strength was in corresponding with the Empire. He was now scared, a rubbery, ashy fellow. As the thoughts of an attack by the Wilderfolk, Nico liked this man, but not the feeling of mm, the masculine Sholma. Too. Mm, not Nico. Most importantly, she felt Yubbers' shock of running into another soldier after he had raided the larder. Food was nearby. As she headed down a hallway filled with doors, behind one of which must be the larder, Nico heard a commotion out in the main yard, loud voices shouting. She dashed to the nearest window and peered outside. Real Yubbers was shouting at real Hawaii. Ooh, uh-oh. Oh, Bong. The sound of very loud bells startled Nico as Yuppers. Every door in the hallway burst open. Several half-dressed Noxians charging out, their eyes blinking away sleep. She tried to avoid the stampede, but was swept along away from the larder. Nico as Yuppers found herself pushed out into the yard with about a dozen armed soldiers. I don't know what you're talking about. Owai's face was stressed and defiant. I've been standing guard all night long. ''You are in the barracks,'' said Yubbers, flanked by two soldiers. ''Take this deserter to the brig,'' he pointed to away. Then it happened. Yubbers saw Nico as Yubbers. Before Yubbers and the other soldiers deduced whether their double vision was the byproduct of the late hour or not, Nico disappeared into the fog of another person. This time, it was a warrior named Seda. She was a killing machine, so vicious, spicy pink.'' Seda had rushed to the yard so fast she neglected boots. This was fine by Seda and Nico, as both liked going barefoot. It reminded Seda of the sun-scorched province she was born, agile, silent. Just as Nico was thinking she could enjoy being Seda, real Seda leapt at her doppelganger. The two Setas wrestled in a ruckus of soldiers, fighting and pulling at each other. When the commotion settled, only one Seda remained. Of course, it was the real Seda, but Yuppers had her placed in chains. Seda pointed out that two Yuppers had been seen, and he too was placed in chains. Then Awaii. This continued for a while. Chains went on, chains came off, no one was sure who was who, and who was not who, and who was lying about being who they were and when they were really someone else. Even the outpost commander seemed uncertain what all the source of the trouble was, but Nico didn't take his shape at all. This fact came to light and only fueled more suspicion. Was the commander secretly harboring some monster? The one thought that everyone shared, Nico had learned from being everyone, was that no one liked the commander. He was too secretive and weak willed. He had lost an important battle and been demoted to, as Hawaii put it, This backward nowhere outpost with no strategic value. Everyone turned on the commander, and he was first to die. The mess only got messier from there. Soldiers screamed and fought and pointed blame. Some believed they were ensorcelled by a soul-eating demon. One veteran ranger told a harrowing tale of a jungle plant monster that replaced people with mindless copies of themselves with vines for veins. Amid accusations, elaborate quizzes of minuscule facts from times shared in training, and shouts of traitor, Nico tried to calm the troops. What if, Nico, as a cook named Thomsy said, it is no monster, it is someone who is nice, lost and a little scared, and just wants to make friends and eat cheese and bread and be happy, yes? Everyone in the Khaldun outpost knew at once that this was the imposter. Swords came out and the stabbing began. By dawn, only four soldiers remained alive. They stared hollow-eyed at the blood pooled under the commander's dead body and at each other. Nico watched them from the safety of the larder. "'The commander did not want us to abandon the outpost,' Seta said She knelt down by the body and blessed him with the gesture of her people. "'Exile or execution is our future.' A moment of solemn silence passed through like a haunted foul wind, despite the floral notes of taffa flowers blooming somewhere nearby. Yubber straightened up. We'll send a messenger back to command. The Wilderfolk have overrun Kaldugo. we don't expect to survive, but we'll die for the glory of Noxus. Then we'll abandon the outpost, leave the bodies where they lay. Seda, you go to the north. Gurnik, We'll go east, why west, I'll head south. If anyone crosses paths with another, it's a duel to the death for one of you. Awai shot a wary glance at Yubbers. Oh, you? He's a beast in disguise. The soldiers left an hour later. They did not look back at their abandoned post or each other, as they went their separate ways, unsure of who was really who. Humans were indeed strange creatures, Nico thought. All right, folks, and now we're going to get over to Nico's story. I just want to warn you, I am a father of two wonderful little girls, and they are in the room with me right now, so I'm going to do my best to get this recorded, but you might hear some quiet commentary in the background. Hey, Gwendolyn, can you say hi really loud? Hi. That's her. And then my other one's eight months old, so she doesn't quite have words, but her name is Magnolia. All right. Our story, and you're going to listen very quietly, right, Gwen? Good job. All right. is called The Monster of Calduga Outpost by Matt Dunn. Nika was familiar with the shapes of humans, and while they had their quirks—socks, for instance—why?—she never struck her as particularly strange. Not until the outpost at Kalduga. The ugly compound was carved into the cliffs near the outskirts of the jungle by a tribe of humans called Noxians. They had inhabited the outpost for a while, it seemed, based on how irritable yet comfortable they seemed performing their daily duties. Nico wondered, were they friendly? Did they enjoy cheesebreads? There were other questions too, but these were at the top of her mind when she decided to see for herself. Under the cover of night, she slinked in and out of shadows until she reached the gate. A single guard stood watch. This was not a problem at all. Nico loved disguises. Adopting another entity's shape meant sharing their Ma, a complex web of emotions and recent memories. She reached out with her own Sholma feeling for the outer boundary of the guard's aura, which extended far beyond her body. When her spirit met the guards, a name floated to the surface of Nico's mind, Iwaii, from across the desert. A flavor color came next, burnt orange bitterness over her lost home still graced Iwaii's mind, and blue salt resentment about her station, the backwater nowhere outpost with no strategic value but try but telling the commander that... This Iwaii had dark skin and beautiful oval eyes. She was strong, but few took her seriously since she was a mud heel, a simple soldier. Fascinated, Niko shed her natural chameleon-like appearance for Iwa'i's shape. Niko's skin swirled as her body morphed. It tickled her, but dizzyed Iwa'i. She used the guard's disorientation to slip beyond the gates and into the quiet corridors of the outpost, firmly incognito. Hawaii, a shrill voice cried. Get back to your post. The rotund man, his belly poking out from under his breastplate, seemed startled. In the crook of his elbow were several old toasted toffa roots and two loaves of crusty bread. I heard noises, Nico put on her best impression of Hawaii's voice. It's probably bloody fur tails. Better hunt them down. We can enjoy some fur tail pie. Not fur-tails! Nico did not want to eat those curious, funny little creatures. Are you saying there's an intruder? The man's eyes widened. Nico did not know the meaning of this word, so she shrugged and nodded yes. This gesture, she figured, could surely lead to little trouble. Wilderfolk, he said, could be a scouting party. What are you doing here? Raise the alarm. Uh, Where is alarm? Have you lost your brain, Hawaii? I'll do it. See the physician when this is over. With that, the heavy man scurried off, cramming his snacks into his pocket. But before he was gone, Nico mingled her spirit's motes with his, borrowing his shape, shedding Hawaii for this. this. Yubbers? Yubbers! Nico, as Yubbers, said out loud. That was a fun name to say. Yubbers did not like to be near the front lines of war, so Kalduga was a quiet and welcome assignment. His strength was in corresponding with the Empire. He was now scared, a rubbery, ashy fellow. As the thoughts of an attack by the Wilderfolk, Nico liked this man, but not the feeling of mm, the masculine Shoma. Too. Mm, not Nico. Most importantly, she felt Yubber's shock of running into another soldier after he had raided the larder. Food was nearby. As she headed down a hallway filled with doors, behind one of which must be the larder, Nico heard a commotion out in the main yard, loud voices shouting. She dashed to the nearest window and peered outside. Real Yubbers was shouting at real Hawaii. Ooh, uh uh-oh. Bong, bong. The sound of very loud bells startled Nico as Yuppers. Every door in the hallway burst open, several half-dressed Noxians charging out, their eyes blinking away sleep. She tried to avoid the stampede but was swept along away from the larder. Nico as Yuppers found herself pushed out into the yard with about a dozen armed soldiers. "I don't know what you're talking about." Hawaii's face was stressed and defiant. "I've been standing god all night long." You are in the barracks, said Yubbers, flanked by two soldiers. Take this deserter to the brig, he pointed to a way. Then it happened Yubbers saw Nico as Yubbers. Before Yubbers and the other soldiers deduced whether their double vision was the byproduct of the late hour or not, Nico disappeared into the fog of another person. This time it was a warrior named Seda. She was a killing machine, so vicious, spicy pink. Seda had rushed to the yard so fast she neglected boots. This was fine by Seda and Nico, as both liked going barefoot. It reminded Seda of the sun scorched province she was born. Agile, silent. Just as Nico was thinking she could enjoy being Seda, real Seda leapt at her doppelganger. The two Setas wrestled in a ruckus of soldiers, fighting and pulling at each other. When the commotion settled, only one Seda remained. Of course, it was the real Seda, but Yuppers had her placed in chains. Seda pointed out that two Yuppers had been seen, and he too was placed in chains. Then Awaii. This continued for a while. Chains went on, chains came off, no one was sure who was who and who was not who, and who was lying about being who they were and when they were really someone else. Even the outpost commander seemed uncertain what all the source of the trouble was, but Nico didn't take his shape at all. This fact came to light and only fueled more suspicion. Was the commander secretly harboring some monster? The one thought that everyone shared, Nico had learned from being everyone, was that no one liked the commander. He was too secretive and weak willed. He had lost an important battle and been demoted to, as Hawaii put it, This backward nowhere outpost with no strategic value. Everyone turned on the commander and he was first to die. The mess only got messier from there. Soldiers screamed and fought and pointed blame. Some believed they were ensorcelled by a soul-eating demon. One veteran ranger told a harrowing tale of a jungle plant monster that replaced people with mindless copies of themselves with vines for veins. Amid accusations, elaborate quizzes of minuscule facts from times shared in training, and shouts of TRAITOR, Nico tried to calm the troops. What if, Nico, as a cook named Thomsy, said, It is no monster, it is someone who is nice, lost and a little scared, and just wants to make friends and eat cheese and bread and be happy, yes? Everyone in the Khaldun outpost knew at once that this was the imposter. Swords came out and the stabbing began. By dawn, only four soldiers remained alive. They stared hollow-eyed at the blood pooled under the commander's dead body and at each other. Nico watched them from the safety of the larder. "'The commander did not want us to abandon the outpost,' Seta said She knelt down by the body and blessed him with the gesture of her people. "'Exile or execution is our future.' A moment of solemn silence passed through like a haunted foul wind, despite the floral notes of taffa flowers blooming somewhere nearby. Yubber straightened up. We'll send a messenger back to command. The Wilderfolk have overrun Kaldugo. We don't expect to survive, but we'll die for the glory of Noxus. Then we'll abandon the outpost, leave the bodies where they lay. Seda, you go to the north. Gurnik, We'll go east, Iwai, west, I'll head south. If anyone crosses paths with another, it's a duel to the death for one of you. Awai shot a wary glance at Yubers. Oh, you? He's a beast in disguise. The soldiers left an hour later. They did not look back at their abandoned post or each other. As they went their separate ways, unsure of who was really who. Humans were indeed strange creatures, Nico thought. Thank <music> you.